This is Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors, exclusively on the Bun 2.0, KBUNFM 104.5. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors is sponsored by DS Beverages, Paul Bunyan Country's distributor of Anheuser-Busch products, and by Bonded Lock and Key. Certainly is hunting season. We've got a lot of hunting topics coming up as the weeks wear on, but today we're hunting for muskies. And we're going a little bit beyond our normal territory to check out the Mille Lacs area where the muskie bite and some huge muskies are going strong. My guest is guide Steve Sapaniak. And in addition to muskies, there's been a lot of fish biting. So tell me, uh, Steve, a little bit about uh, what's going on on the lake. Right now, the hot bite going is uh, northern pike have been doing pretty good. Uh, the weed beds have been doing real well. We're having good luck with medusas. We're having good luck with spinnerbaits like the uh, rad dog has been a good, successful one for us. This time of year, the big fish are starting to put the feed bag on also, so they're starting to go on Suix. Suix's a real good jerk bait. It's been around forever. Uh, also, you can have a lot of decent luck with a sucker minnow. Now, what I like to do is do the one-two punch. We'll drag a sucker minnow behind a bobber, you know, behind the boat about four feet down, and uh, we'll be casting lures for the uh, northern pike also. So if they don't want to take the uh, lure, you've got themselves a uh, sucker minnow for them, you know, so it's a win-win situation. And we've taken the northern pike on sucker minnows up to 24 pounds, which has been very good. And we've taken pike already this year up to 23 pounds on lures. So we're doing good that way. But from the Bemidji area, so I don't uh, know as much about Mille Lacs as, as Mooney does, who you normally talk to. So tell me a little bit about the Mille Lacs bite. I know it's become a tremendous musky fishery, tremendous smallmouth fishery, and obviously right now tremendous northern fishery. Uh, no doubt. Mille Lacs Lake is one of the finest fisheries there is in the whole nation. You know, you can't beat it. Mille Lacs Lake is a world-class musky fishery. They've got muskies in excess of 60 Five inches. I've seen muskies up to 65 wow. inches. Uh, that's huge. That's huge anywhere in the United States. That's huge anywhere in Canada. Uh, right now, the muskie bites, they're going on plastics, rubber, and everything. We're looking at medusas. We're looking at bulldogs. We're looking at double 10 cowgirls. The trick here to get successful fish going is these fish have seen everything for years. Well, you want to modify a lure in one way or another. Maybe add a spinner blade will get them going. Uh, the rock piles have been doing real well with the muskie bite on Mille Lacs Lake. You're taking a look at Father Hennepin area, Doe Island. You're taking a look at Anderson's uh, Reef. Uh, Spider Islands over there on the south end has been doing pretty good, you know, the rock reefs for the muskie bite. Uh, keep in mind, folks, too, Spider Island is where they filmed that Monster Quest show six years ago. The whole hour of the show was spent over there in search of the new world record, mu- record muskie, excuse me, so that's been doing real well. You know, smallmouth bass are starting to turn on, too. Remember, we had a massive cold front with about three, four different huge showers that raised the lake up everywhere in Minnesota. We've been, you know, uh, flooded with water so the bite's starting to pick up again it's slowed down uh smallmouth bass are going real well you're looking at uh, 12 to 24 foot range uh for the smallmouth bass uh you're using uh drop shot rigging has been very successful and uh right now too don't be afraid to put a leech suspended below a bobber they love leeches this time of year any rock reef that you can find on a lax lake will have smallmouth bass Okay, now I want to get back to the muskies for a second. You you mentioned sixty five inches you've seen. I, I gotta think that the that the world record has probably been caught, but with that strong catch and release ethic, we don't know it. 
you're, you're so true. You know, everybody's into catch and release, which is wonderful. You know, li- let the fish live to fight another day, and, and, and someone else can enjoy catching it. That one that's about 65 inches, we saw it twice two years ago. Once was the third week of August, and the second time was the second weekend of October. Now, I had clients with me, so, you know, they, they were able to witness it. Is it a monster fish? Yes, it is. It would be the new state record. Uh, I don't know if it would be the world record. You know, it's hard to say. I mean, I know it's pushing the 60-pound-plus class mark. One of my clients this summer, it was the first week of August, uh, on a a spot right next to a major highway on Mille Lacs Lake, Highway uh, 169. He had the widest muskie I've ever seen in my life attack his lure. He froze. This muskie was over 14 inches across the back. I thought it was incredible. But uh, do you have a chance of world-class fish? Yes, you do. Malax Lake is the spot to go. Do you want to put up with cold weather and fish for 24 hours straight? That's where you have your opportunity. The full moon phase of October is when the Cisco's and Tulipi come into the rock piles to spawn, and they finish up during the full moon phase of November. That's when they spawn. Rock piles to hit for those trophy fish is uh, Father Hennepin, Three Mile Reef, and Doe Island. But then again, be ready to have heaters in your boat. And you'll have some luck, but get in line with about 50 other boats and you throw two-pound bulldogs all day. I tell you what, you you musky guys, you are hardcore, man. I'm, I'm a sunny, sunshine, and warm weather angler. You guys are hardcore. We have a tendency be to, to be hardcore. I'm with three young. I'm with three gentlemen right now, and one of them is a young man. Uh, I've got five layers on right now, and that includes the snowmobile suit. You know, I'd rather be dressed too warm, you know, than not have the you know not being prepared at all. Yeah, I hear that. So, does it take ten thousand casts to catch a muskie on Malax, or is it a few less than that? It's a, it's quite a few less than that. One of my gentlemen, we just started fishing about an hour ago. I think he's probably made about 50, 60 casts. He just had a 51-incher follow the lure to the boat. You know, it's there. You know, the biggest mistake people make, sir, when they're musky fishing is, like I tell everybody, if you get a little love tap, a little tap, like someone tapping you on the shoulder real lightly, that's a musky hit. We, we're very fortunate when they attack a lure like a shark. Most of the time, they just grab it lightly and let go. And here's why they grab it lightly. As people, we can grab things with our fingers and feel them. Fish can't. Their fingers, their arms, their hands, and everything is their mouth. So what they do is they come up behind a lure, they grab it real lightly, and if it's not what they want, they can spit that thing out in a hundredth of a second. So that's why a lot of times if you feel that love tap, set the hook, and you just beat 10,000 casts. <laughs> I love it. Um, do you do much bass fishing, or are you mainly a musky guy? Oh, we do smallmouth bass fishing. Our biggest one this year is 21 and a half inches. It was a blast early in the season. Uh, this time of year, you know, as much as I'd love to get out and take a break and do a little smallmouth bass fishing or walleye fishing, I've been booked with the musky fishing. And, you know, I'm a deer hunter, and if you ever want to find fishing that's as close to deer hunting as you can get, musky fishing's it. You see a big fish, you set up a game plan of a, how to attack it, how to approach it, and how to catch it. It's a, it's an unbelievable experience. I always uh, felt that that was probably true, that uh, going for muskies is more like hunting than it is traditional fishing. No doubt it is, you know. Muskies are territorial, unlike, you know, a lot of TV shows in the past had said, you know, muskies roam and they're all over the place. There are muskies that roam. There's muskies that sit in the main basin of Lake Bemidji, Leech Lake, Cass Lake, and Mille Lacs Lake chasing uh, the schools of Cisco, Whitefish, and Tulipi. But there's more muskies that will be in the weed beds living there permanently, okay, like Sucker Bay, um, 
Bemidji Bay and everything like that, Malax Lake and it has Vineland Bay, Wacom Bay with all those weeds. Those weed beds in those bays and those main basin weed beds, they hold walleyes, they hold everything. And muskies will stay there and feed on them all year round. I've had seen the same muskie number weed bed number 271 on my GPS for close to three years. One of my uh, client's 12-year-old son finally caught it close to three years after we've seen him. The same lure it would chase all those years it finally ate. <laughs> You mentioned walleyes, um, and you'll have to you'll have to remind me again, uh, Bemidji area. I'm not I know there's really restricted uh, walleye fishing there. Where are we at right now for walleye fishing? We're at you cannot keep a thing on my lax lake, okay. unfortunately. You know, and you're not even supposed to be targeting them right now and okay. everything. Uh, if you catch them when you're smallmouth fishing, that's no problem. Just release them. Uh, supposedly we met our quota quite a while ago. I did have a census guide check my boat last time, my walleye guide and everything. I told him how many we got. Uh, and he said, okay, thank you. And I didn't know he was, uh, talking to my client and he was trying to convince my client that we caught six to 10 more, which we never did. So mm. I don't know how much of everything going on is legit, let's just say. But right now we can't keep no walleyes and we can't catch them on the lax. Well, I think then it's obviously very important to guys like you and, and the whole Mille community that you have so many other great species that are so uh, strong in that lake. And, and I think it's also a huge plus, that I, at least the vibe I've been getting over the last few years as I talk angling a lot, is that more and more anglers are interested in catching other species as well. And uh, obviously that helps Mille Lacs. Oh, no doubt. I mean, you've got one of the best fisheries there is in the world for walleye, smallmouth bass, northern trophy northern pike, and muskies. I mean, we've taken over 1,400 northern over 40 inches, and 1,200 were off of Malax Lake, my guide service. That's pretty good. One thing a lot of people don't realize about Malax Lake is the world-class trophy pan fishing lake also. It's just they're a little tough to find, but you'll find them during late ice. In my group, we've taken crappies up to 17 inches and thrown them back. And, you know, all we want is those 10-inches for eating. But any time you can catch big crappies like that and 11-inch bluegills and throw them back, that's fun no matter where you are. Absolutely. And uh, Malax, is, uh, you're, you're right. It, it, it would be tough to find. It is a vast body of water. It's, a, it's certainly not one that if you've never fished it before, you can probably throw the boat in and figure stuff out. Uh, that's where guys like you come in. Well, you know, I have a lot of people hire me just to learn the lake or hire me just to see if they want to get into musky fishing. You know, a little bit of money you spend for a guide, it's well worth it, folks. You get to know the lake. You get to figure out, is this what I want to do? If not, that's fine. You can target other species, have fun, and you can learn techniques and learn the lake. You know, a day with a guide is, is, is countless amounts of money, you know, of knowledge you've learned. Steve uh, Steve Sapaniak is our guest, uh, Lake Mille Lacs Guide. If people want to use your services to catch some muskies or, or bass or what have you, uh, how do they uh, find you and, and get something si- uh, set up? Well, I tell you what, that's a great question. Uh, just go on my website, folks, uh, www.predatorguideservice.com, all one word, predatorguideservice.com. You've got my home phone there. You can leave a message on my home phone. I pick up messages every day or my uh, my wife gives me a call she's my secretary to let me know what's going on it's been a fantastic year for big fish it's been a fun year and it's only going to get better now do you do uh, ice fishing as well i do a little bit i do a okay. little bit that's more that's more or less my sabbatical is to take <laughs> it easy and uh you know i love to chase panfish and big pike so definitely you know my lax lake is my lake for chasing those species Steve Sapaniak of uh, Lake Mille Lacs area. He is uh, sharing his wisdom with us today. Steve, thanks for taking the time. We really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you very much.
Coming up next on Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors, Sue Olin, the assistant manager at Lake Bemidji State Park, talks about the youth deer hunt coming up at Lake Bemidji State Park this weekend. More of the great outdoors with Kev Jackson next on Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. We are checking in with Sue Olin. She's the assistant manager of Lake Bemidji State Park on Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors today. Sue, thanks for taking time to be with us. Thank you for the opportunity. Well, we want to talk to you a little bit about uh, the weekend uh, hunt that's coming up for um, the the youth hunts, they call it. And let's start out with the fact that um, Lake Bemidji State Park is part of a statewide effort, correct? That is correct. We have had a youth hunt here for quite a few years now, certainly back to the, I don't know, early 2000s. Um, So this is, at this point, it's pretty much a tradition here. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, how does the state hunt work for you? Well, I can speak most directly to our hunt here, okay. um, and I know that this year they're doing a broader youth hunt as well, um, but ours is a lottery, which closed back in mid to late August. Um, we have 20 permits. Um, it's for kids ages 12 through 15, each of which is accompanied by a mentor um, during the hunt here. Um, so that's kind of our starting point. Um, we have a three-day hunt. Our hunt happens to be an either-sex hunt, um, firearms hunt, and we have an orientation that all of the kids are required to attend um, with their mentor, um, where we talk about safety and the park boundaries and, you know, basically the bottom line as far as safety goes here in the park. Okay. And, and that is uh, the same weekend prior to getting the hunting going? No, ours is typically the MEA weekend, okay. um, which can be different. Um, so that's, yeah, again, I'm just talking specifically about sure, our hunt. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, so this uh, this hunt that you have, uh, how about how many youth could, are involved in that? Well, we have 20 permits available. Okay. And some years it doesn't fill immediately, and then we advertise locally, and then typically we'll get some more local interest, and that will help. Yeah. Okay. So you have uh, 20 youth and their mentors that come out. How many of them are, are generally first-timers? I'd say it runs about half and half. Um, it's actually kind of interesting. We've got a number of families that have come for quite a few years, and, of course, it's first one child and then the next child as they cycle through um, between the ages of 12 and 15. So sometimes there's great continuity with a family, even though we see different children over the years. And then there's some new people each year, which is great. Um, so, you know, a mix of both returning and new people. How many of the the kids are kids that come from a hunting tradition, and how many are you know just experiencing something totally new? I would say most of these kids are coming from a hunting tradition. They have typically a father, but sometimes a mother, a brother, um, stepfather, you know, a friend of the family um, who is involved in hunting and wants to introduce them to hunting this way. Okay. What what is advantageous about this for youth? Well, I think it is a fairly controlled situation. Um, we do an orientation that stresses safety, um, talks about everything from putting up a stand, you know, the real basics, wearing blaze orange, um, 
and they meet the other kids that are there. We have a conservation officer come to the orientation so they have a chance to ask any questions directly of someone who knows. Um, and I think it also is a good first experience. We like to think of it as something that they want to do um, again during the three years that they're eligible. Uh, we try to make an event out of it, um, not only with the orientation where we'll have treats and little activities um, as well as the safety session, but also our Friends of the Park group offers a chili lunch on the Saturday afternoon. And typically, you know, they've been out there early in the morning, and by the time 11.30 or 12 comes, a hot chili lunch sounds pretty good. So mm-hmm. we want to make it a good introduction to hunting. Um, I think that's that's our real goal here. So who serves as the mentors? Um, often it's the father. It can be any adult um, that's willing to take on that role. Um, sometimes it's the mother. Sometimes, as I say, it could be a friend of the family. Um, yeah, a nephew, something like that. Um, their obligation, they're not allowed to hunt. They cannot carry a gun. Um, their obligation is to instruct the youth, help the youth have fun. Um, they can help drag the deer if the youth is successful. Um, but their primary job there is to make sure that the young person is hunting in a good, safe fashion. Okay. Um, but what would you say is the, is the rate of success out there in the, in the woods? It has really varied. Um, we have had some years where it was really windy and it was pretty tough. Um, I think one year, I think, boy, maybe only two deer taken. But then one year we had a really bonanza year, and there were like 15 deer taken in one three-day stretch. So it's really hard to tell what it's going to be like in any particular year. How um, important is it? To you, I, I did note uh, on, on, on some of the um, P, uh, public service announcements I saw that there is some attempt to control the population with this hunt. Well, that is the whole purpose of the hunt. Um, it's a resource management action. Um, deer really like young white pine, and we're pretty involved in planting pine here in the park. Uh, we do other things to mitigate the effect of deer on them, things like bud capping. We have big exclosures in some parts of the park to help young pine get a foothold. Um, but if we're just overrun with a deer population, the young pines just don't have a chance. I should add to that also that as there is hunting around the park, if we did not have some level of hunting here, uh, the deer would catch on pretty quick and they'd all be here. <laughs> Yeah, they they do figure that out, don't they? They do, yeah. <laughs> um, it sounds like this has been something that's been going on a while and obviously been very successful for you. Yeah, it's been, I think, a good thing here. Um, it's the first of three hunts we have at the park. As I mentioned, this is a three-day hunt. We'll have the first four days of the regular deer season. The park will be open for hunting. And then we have a muzzle loader in December. That's a three-day hunt also. Okay, and, and all of that is a special, uh, you need a special permit to, to hunt in the park for all of those? Yes, yes. These are all lottery hunts. And I will just mention that although the regular firearms hunt in November is full, we do have some spaces still in the muzzle loader in December. Okay, very good. If someone's interested, they can call the park. Yep. Um, and some you know, people listening and saying, well, it's too late this year, but um, are really interested in maybe doing this in the future. Is there a charge for this hunt? Not beyond the deer license itself. Okay. Um, the park does not charge. You do need a vehicle license, excuse me, a vehicle permit to come into the park, as you would for any activity here in the state park. 
Okay. Um, you know, if you're coming to picnic or swim at the beach in the summer, it's it's the same thing. Um, but there is not a charge for the hunt itself. Okay. Now, you know, I visit the park quite frequently, uh, but I'm all about, you know, I'm, I, I usually don't go off the beaten path. You know, I'm on a lot of the trails and the beach and those types of areas. So uh, it just... Uh, I, it, I keep forgetting there's all those acres that I probably never see that that are used for this type of activity. Yeah, this is certainly a time of year when the northern part of the park probably gets more use than it does at some other times of year. Um, And that perhaps along that line, I should mention that most of the park will be open to the youth hunt, Um, not the developed area and not the Rocky Point area. Um, We have maps available at the park, we'd encourage people that are coming in for other recreation to stop at the park office. We have some blaze orange vests and caps. We're happy to loan people if they would feel more comfortable having that. Um, but the park does remain open to other users, and that is something we certainly stress with our young hunters as well. Okay. Um, for those who, who maybe want to do this in the future, what is the time frame to get involved in this? Uh Typically, the lottery opens in early August and closes before Labor Day. Okay. And that's something we could check online. You know, it's the dates for next year aren't set yet, but that's kind of the usual time, August. So, yeah, you got to plan ahead, in other words. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's true. Um, it doesn't always fill, as I mentioned, and in that case, we just do, you know, some sign-ups right here at the park. So okay. that can vary by year. Are you filled and for this year? If people are thinking about it for next year, you know, give a ring midsummer, and we can we'll have those dates nailed down. Okay. I'm sorry. What was your question? Uh, are you filled this year? Uh, not for the youth hunt. Okay. We have a few more spots, although it's pretty late to sign up yeah. right now. <laughs> um, and we are full for the regular firearms. We do have a few spots left for the muzzle loaded. Okay. And uh, and. What else might be going on in the park here in the next few weeks? Well, we're going to have a spooky candlelight walk. Um, That, I believe, is the 27th. Let me just double-check the dates here. Okay. And that is, yeah, that's the 27th. Spooky candlelight hike from 4.30 to 6 p.m. A little Halloween idea there. Okay. And there's a children's program on the 26th, which is a Saturday, Creepy Crawlies. Um, (laughs) And on some Thursdays, we have a story tree, which, again, is a preschool program. Um, That's scheduled for, well, today, actually. I guess it's already done. And then the 31st, actually, on Halloween. Um, Best way for people to know about this stuff, I would imagine, is go to your website? Yeah, the website will have everything posted. Uh, We do put out you know, some media information for radio and different print publications around the area, too. Okay. What is the website? I would just Google Lake Bemidji State Park, and then there's an events tab on the left-hand side. That's the easiest way. All right. Sue Olin is the assistant manager of Lake Bemidji State Park, talking with us about the various hunts, in particular the youth hunt that is this weekend at the park. Sue, thanks for taking time and sharing with us today. Thank you very much. This has been Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. Hear it exclusively on KBUN-FM 104.5, Thursdays at 1240 and Saturday mornings at 8. Call of Duty Modern Warfare is here, and so is Mountain Dew. Roger that. Now you can unlock in-game rewards like only Dew can. Wait. 
What rewards? A due operator skin. Man, I love operator skins. Dual double XP and even Call of Duty points. You're kidding me. Double XP and Call of Duty points? This is incredible. I can't believe it. This... Soldier, get a hold of yourself. Oh, roger that. Look for specially marked packaging and visit mtndugaming.com for details and restrictions. Open to U.S. residents 17 plus. Call of Duty points available on 12 and 24 packs and free 20 and 23.